0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI Guys.
1: Hello, welcome back to the OTI podcast. My name's Colum Kelly, and as uh, always, I am here hosting the show, joined as well by Doug Moore. Who, Doug, unfortunately, two weeks ago when we last on the show had a an ear infection, but he's all good to go. Glad to have you back aboard the show, Doug, and uh, of course to people who were checking last week, looking for the OTI podcast in their podcast feed. Unfortunately, with me being on honeymoon, we decided to to take a week off, but we're all back and uh, we're ready to go. And on today's show, we're going to be joined uh, by Carl Safcheck. Delighted to have Carl back on. It's the first time since Doug came aboard the show that Carl's been on. But Carl, I think uh, it's either the fifth or the sixth time on the show for you. So I think you might actually be the uh, the longest uh, tenured guest on the show. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I get around a
1: bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, when we were discussing it, uh, we were meant to have Adam Rank on today. Unfortunately, couldn't do it, but I'm delighted to have Carl on. But when we were uh, DM, DMing back and forth, uh, we used an adult, you used an word rather to describe uh, your podcasting uh, You know, as you go around the podcast. But I, I'm delighted to have you back on the show. And it should be a fun one. Um, I mentioned the honeymoon and no podcast last week. Well, uh, last week, Doug, uh, you headed off to the, the Pats versus the Bills in week four. And I know, and all the listeners know, you cover uh, the Patriots and our Patriots fan. Uh, I don't know how would you describe that game as a, as a fan being added?
2: Uh, no, it was, it was it was a fun experience um, <laughs> but um you know i i I've been told now repeatedly this week that of course the the game that I go to, they get shut out for the first time in uh, twenty three years.
1: yeah, um, maybe you so I, I don't
2: know if it's a coincidence or not,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably your fault uh, more than anything else, but uh, obviously, Brady's back this week, so we should see a big bounce back against the Browns. We'll be talking about that game in just a little moment. Another interesting note: while I was away, I went to the Bucks and Rams in week three. That was that game that was uh, postponed for at the two-minute warning for over an hour with the weather. Then last week again, the the, the Box playing in that late uh, afternoon slot, so that there also was delayed for an hour and fifty minutes. So this is the first year they've been having those late afternoon games because apparently it was always too warm in the early games, but uh, maybe the thunder and lightning is going to have to make them rethink that. Hour. As well, um, you know, heading into and it, week, and it looks like they might get moved this week. Yeah, with the weather as well. So it's uh, it's pretty. <laughs> and anyone that I've only come back I left Orlando yesterday so I'm glad I'm out of there because I've seen today that the international airport in Orlando has cancelled 200 flights today so I think I just got out of there in the nick of time so we'll see as well the talk as well of the Dolphins game possibly being moved as well so we'll see as that goes on this show obviously being recorded on Thursday just prior to Thursday night football the question for both you guys first and I'll answer it then myself is from a fantasy view obviously we have four weeks gone in the NFL season we're heading out and then two week 5 and you know we 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 all love uh, in the preseason that's kind of the fun time to be picking who you want to draft who you think is going to have a big big season or four weeks in a month into it at the at the quarter point kind of it who uh carl has been your biggest kind of hit or a win we'll call it and then who has been your biggest loss from the preseason uh, i've had, i've had more losses i think at this point than wins
0: well you know who my biggest hit is it's uh, got to be DeMarco Murray I mean who, I was the only like,
1: one I didn't know you liked DeMarco Murray that...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. okay um uh, I mean that way I mean it, it just seems so obvious to me that he was a great running back all throughout his career he had one year which he was completely misused I, I think anybody who watched the games last year could see that he was being misused so um you know I I would completely throw that year out and now he's the RB1 I i I definitely wouldn't have expected it, it, this much success, and yeah. especially the lack of usage of Derrick Henry, but uh, but he's definitely been my biggest hit, and my big, biggest miss, I would definitely have to say, is Kelvin Benjamin. I just metaphorically threw him in the trash before the before the year started, and two weeks in, he was, was the one. Wide receiver
1: one. Yeah, that's very interesting actually because I've picked mine as players that I've picked, but you went in a, a player that you didn't pick, and I was completely out on on Benjamin as well. He was somebody who I just didn't uh, have any time for this off season, so I got that one wrong as well. So I'm with you on that one, Doug. I'll let you go next. Uh, who's your biggest win and biggest loss?
2: Yeah, I, I'm i not so sure it's a, a huge win, but people told me uh for a good majority of the off season. Um, or not a good, not a good majority, I would say. But when I started really looking at it, I, I loved AJ Green's situation when they lost both Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu, yeah. and uh, I had him strongly over DeAndre Hopkins going into the season. Uh, and so far, I think AJ Green is actually the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Um, so it, that's been a big win for me so far. But again, I'm not the only one who said that. Um, with that being said, um, there's there's probably a, a lot of misses when you look at it that uh, I. I i've had um probably my biggest one is probably going to be um probably jordan matthews to be honest um so when, when i looked at jordan matthews obviously they, they were in a situation where he finished off the season strong but they obviously went from a very quick tempo offense with chip kelly to a much slower paced offense with doug pearson and uh, i thought it was going to really affect him and um, make him take a big hit despite how he did uh last season uh at the end so he's actually been doing really well with with Carson Wentz under center so he's probably my biggest loss I'm still on I'm not calling Matt Jones a bust yet uh, (laughs) for me uh he had one good game or, or maybe two good games but I'm not ready to just say that he's he's gonna prove me wrong yet
1: yeah and Carl's a Redskins fan so I don't know have you any opinions on Matt Jones positive or negative Carl why well, I definitely disliked him coming into the season. Yeah, uh, I think we're the, all there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and most people did. And yeah. and that doesn't mean that any of us were, like, wrong in our process. He could get better as a player. We could still could have had good processes. Look, he wasn't very good last year. Yeah. His couple big plays last year, you know, came on some excellent blocking that I believe I could have scored a touchdown on. But <laughs> um, the things that he's doing differently this year – you know he's he's being patient he's uh keeping his eyes up and and having better vision rather than uh following his his route of where he's supposed to run straight into the line of a, 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 a an offensive lineman he's looking up and seeing where the hole's opening up and he, he's he's been a lot better on ball security. I actually yeah. see, saw him switch hands last week, which is like football 101. Like if you're playing Pop Warner Pee Wee football, you should know that you switch hands away from the defender. Yeah. Um, but he didn't do that last year, which is like so basic of a thing to know to do. And he had fumbling issues. Well, this week and this year, he's he's actually doing that. So the things that the things that he didn't do well last year, he is doing well this year. So again, maybe we were all wrong, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were wrong in thinking that he wouldn't be good, but we are wrong in the result. The- I'm i
2: gonna jump in real quick, and I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna take some glory. Uh, I have to because I was not. I'm uh, looking at this further. Uh, I I was not a big fan of Kobe Cleaner and we've seen it so far yeah. uh, where he's had one good game, and uh, you know he's even borderline droppable in some leagues, especially now that he's on a bye week. So I, I will. I want to take some credit for that, and I have an article to prove it. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think uh, I wasn't a Fleener fan, but I, I, you mentioned Jordan Matthews. He was a player that me and you disagreed on, kind of heading into the season. I have him in quite a few leagues, and. Um, I just think the, the volumes there, if you look what he done through his first two seasons too, has been has been pretty good from that standard. Uh, my biggest loss is going to have to be somebody who I took in a lot of my first round picks uh, this year, or early second round picks late first, early second, was Keaton Allen. I was very high on him. I was taking him even in that first round range, you know, in the 10 to 12 spot and uh, that really obviously quite simply backfired on me very swiftly in week one. Uh, then the other one I was very high on was Marcus Mariota as my, as my starting quarterback and that's really bored me the first two weeks of Season. I've sat him the last two weeks. And then on the the win side, I have Greg Olsen in a lot of leagues. I I don't really advocate taking tight end all that early, but I was getting him in the kind of fifth or sixth round range and I ended up with him in a lot of leagues. And somebody who I was picking up uh, going zero RB a lot and He's had a a solid start to the season, points-wise, fantasy-wise. I don't think he's actually been that good of a running back uh, as Tevin Coleman. Uh, Obviously expected to to have a low workload this week uh, as they play in Denver. We'll be talking about that in a little bit further. But he's not somebody I think has had a great season actually playing football, but I think fantasy-wise he's been very, very productive. So he's he's another one that's helped me in those first couple of weeks. Uh, Just before we get into the games now, as we preview the games, I have two quick reads and I'm just going to let those play now uh, so you can hear them and hopefully take advantage i And just before we get into the games, I want to tell you about two promotions we've got going on at OTI at the moment. The first one up is europe.nflshop.com. It is the same as nflshop.com, but it's based in Europe, and at the moment they have free shipping worldwide on all orders, and of course, our promotion that we had previously run to the start of October, it'll be running now to the end of October with them, it's for 10% off all uh, items on their website on any order you have, all you have to do is at checkout put in the code OTI10, that is OTI10 at checkout, you get a 10% discount, and whether you're in Europe, whether you're in the US. No matter where you are in the world at the moment, they are doing free shipping on those orders. So 10% off free shipping. I think that's a pretty good offer. That is europe.nflshop.com and the code is OTI10. Second offer I have to tell you about is BetDSI.com. I've been using BetDSI over the last 18 months. It's been a fantastic service. Really enjoy betting on the games there. They've covered for all the different markets going on, whether it's in-play, whether it's uh, pre-game, whether it's very early in the week. They've covered early lines going up each and every week. Have you sorted? If you want to get a a little kickstart to your account there, uh, OTI10 will also get you a free... $10 wager on there, you can use it for week 5 if you wish, Uh, maybe a little accumulator going into those games, maybe you just want to pick a first touchdown score, go to betdsi.com, enter the code OTI10 while you are signing up, and that will give you a free $10 wager to use as you wish, no better time to use it than NFL week 5. So with the promotions out of the way, heading into the week 5 Preview. We're going to start off running through the games here. Um, obviously, this is recording on Thursday, so we're going to bypass the Thursday night football game. Uh, heading to. We'll start with the Washington Redskins, as uh, we have a, a resident Redskins fan on the show. They head to Baltimore this week. Um, Baltimore last week losing to the Oakland Raiders, but they've uh, had a nice start to the season uh, without being all that explosive. Just to mention, before we get into that game as well, four teams on by this week. They are Jacksonville, Kansas City, New Orleans and Seattle. So, uh, Carol, I'll let you take the floor first on players that you like their matchup this week and players maybe you don't like as much in the uh, Washington-Baltimore game.
0: Oh, it should be a pretty good fantasy game. Both defenses are pretty spotty. I love Terrence West this week. Yeah. Uh Washington has probably the worst run defense I've ever seen in my life. Uh and and it's not getting any better. They're they're not they're, there's there's not really any answer at this point. I mean, there's no big name free agent inside linebacker or or interior defensive end to pick up at this point so um i think kenneth Dixon will be eased in so i'm not going to be on him just yet yep. uh so i'd be all in on terrence west this week um and on the other side i think the uh the redskins passing game could have a big week i'm, I'm not sold on baltimore's defense and at the same time it, it, it could turn you know if well if baltimore gets up a couple scores uh kurt cousins could be flinging it so i'm on him i'm on jordan reed i'm on d jacks obviously yep. Crowder could have a big week. It, you don't know. You don't know which of those three are going to have a big week. Often it's two of the three. Um, and even Matt Jones. I mean, he could build on the success after Baltimore. It gets really tough. I know Baltimore ranks highly in run defense so far this year, but I, I haven't seen it on the field to think that they actually have a great run defense. Um, but I think that this this would be the last. Startable week, you're going to get out of Matt Jones for the next six ish games.
1: Yeah, and we've seen in uh, week four as well. DJX was held to just that one catch, but uh, they have been targeting him deep downfield where. Uh, you'd expect him to connect on a few of them he had two pass interference calls last week uh, on deep shot so you'd imagine that if one of those or two he's kind of one of those players if one or two of those clicks he has a a very nice fantasy week because a lot of the time they'll lead to a long touchdown so i would be starting him uh, with buys and all this week uh, if you need somebody in there Uh, baltimore as well you mentioned their uh, kenneth Dixon's name obviously he's coming back uh, likely be next week before he has any fantasy impact and i think they will kind of They'll not just go all gung-ho with them. I think you'll see uh, Terrence West get the workload a little bit over the next two to three weeks, and we'll see how Dixon filters in then. And, of course, uh, Forsett cut at the start of this week. Uh, he was a healthy scratch last week, so uh, make sure anyone that has him on their roster that he's not starting for you this week. Uh, coming up next, Miami at uh, are at home, and they face Tennessee. This game, I mentioned coming in that possible uh, that it could be changed venue, depending on how the hurricane coming in uh, affects the Miami area. I mentioned Mariota as well he's been somebody who's uh, really disappointed me starting the season just from a fantasy perspective uh, Delaney Walker coming back off the injury last week had a slow game but we'll see how it goes against Miami it's uh, another interesting match Doug is there anybody in this that you're particularly interested in Miami is a you know Foster's uh, still limited in practice. I uh, Don't expect him to have a huge workload this week. That backfield is a mess at the moment. And then, you know, Kenny Stills has kind of been their, their leading wide receiver, even though Jarvis Landry's in there. Tannehill's not really a startable option, in my opinion, unless it's in two quarterback leagues. Just looking around it. Uh, obviously, Kiarl knows DeMarco Murray's starting in this one. But outside of that, and I would be starting Delaney Walker. Anyone else you fancy starting in this week one in Week 5?
2: Uh, yeah, there would probably be one guy I would I would focus on, and that would probably be Tajay Sharp. Um, okay. Despite, you know, he did have a good week one. Um, but even though he, he hasn't had the best, I think he's under 100 yards for the last three weeks, um, I, I think he's a player that when you look at it, he's still getting work. He's still getting looks at. Um, I'm pulling it up as we speak, but I believe he leads the, the Titans in targets this season, uh, maybe outside of Blaney Walker. Um but, you know, he's still a guy that is functioning as a starting wide receiver for them. Obviously, going up against Miami's secondary, where they even started, uh, I should say, benched um, Byron Maxwell um, and put in, uh, oh, God, Tony Lippett, I believe. Uh, so, who's a <laughs> so... wide receiver convert. So, there's not much to be excited about there. Um, but, you know, the, this defense, the secondary especially, is just not uh, good. So, yeah, he actually does, Tasha Sharp, uh, leads the Titans in targets with 32. The next guy is DeMarco Murray with 21. So he's got over 10 more targets than anybody else on this offense. He's still being looked at. I think this could be a week where he, he finally gets back into a groove against a very weak secondary. So uh, that would be a guy that I, I would look at a lot uh, this week, especially as a um, a streamer when you have guys like uh, you know you said the Saints are on by, and that's yeah. two or three valuable wide receivers. So, um but yeah, that would probably be a guy that I, I would mention in that in that mix.
1: Um, anyone else, Carl? That you would add into that?
2: Uh, I just
0: guess on the other side, you know. Obviously, Jarvis Landry is a every week starter for anyone at this point. I don't yeah. care what wide receivers you have on your team, and uh, Devontae Parker. You know, especially with some players on buy, uh, he's he's definitely player. startable.
1: Yeah, I think he's definitely a good... Uh, particularly in a flex option, I think it be very interesting this week. Uh, next up, Minnesota at home. They face Houston. Obviously, Minnesota off to a really good start. 4-0 and looking. Uh, very, very good. I didn't think I would ever see Sam Bradford playing as efficiently as he has over the last couple of weeks. It's been very good... Um, Stefan Diggs last week kept kind of in check and, uh, after his big week against the Packers but with this one uh, particularly on the Houston side with how good Minnesota's defense is are you uh, starting to get concerned with uh, DeAndre Hopkins production this season so far and the other one I have is, I said week one, uh, after week one on the podcast, don't be expecting Will Fuller to, to have many big weeks after his <laughs> kind of breakout game week one this season. And uh, I've been just uh, told to, to stay quiet on that one from now on. So, Will Fuller, have you been surprised at that? And uh, are you concerned then about him taking some of the, the targets away from uh, DeAndre Hopkins?
0: Yeah, I, I'm definitely concerned Um just because Will Fuller's been playing so well, and I, I missed on Will Fuller too, and here's the thing about Will Fuller is we compare these wide receivers, and I'm guilty of it. I, I, I'm i going to criticize kind of a blanket statement of everybody that does this, but I'm I'm definitely guilty as well. <laughs> we, we, we compare these wide receivers to, like, we want them to be the next Calvin Johnson. If they don't fit that mold, then we just, you know, we kind of throw them to the side. And Will Fuller might not do everything great, but he does – what he does great yeah. so i think that we need to start looking back at what type of wide receiver is this and does will his skills translate because of the type of wide receiver he is so i, I in a dynasty league i drafted Leonte carew over will fuller and even i even said at the time i told my league mates i said this is going to be a mistake i know that ahead <laughs> of time but i'm still going to do it yeah. um and uh and, and yeah i think it's really just the, the targets being t- taken away from hopkins and Brock Osweiler isn't playing well. I realize that Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer were the starting quarterbacks last year, but still, I mean, Osweiler's been horrible. And I think that's the overriding concern that he can go deep to Fuller, but he can't find DeAndre Hopkins, you know, in, in smaller spaces. It might yeah. just be the type of quarterback he is.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm not a I'm yeah, not an Osweiler I- fan.
2: Yeah, and to touch on that point, I actually did a little bit of research on, on Hopkins. So going up against Minnesota this week, uh, besides Tajay Sharp actually giving uh, getting 76 yards uh, in Week 1, uh, the Vikings haven't even given up 75 yards to one wide receiver since – um and and hopkins does have 14 targets over the past two games but only five catchers for 60 yards it's it's even five catchers 60 yards in one week is not a good week for him so I, i'm really hesitant to start him this week uh i think that this team you know as long as brock osweiler continues to struggle being inconsistent in the deep game and especially you know with just his troubles of making better decisions uh i i don't think that hopkins can be considered maybe a top Eight or even top ten wide receiver. So that's just my take on that, real quick. Um, but but moving right ahead into obviously another game. Um, you know, there's there's a, a plenty of good uh, potential games this weekend. Uh, I want to talk about a game that has two big running backs in it for fantasy. That's the Jets and the Steelers. Obviously, the Jets have uh, Matt Forte, and then on the other side, Steelers have Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell. Um, Matt Forte obviously left the game on uh, last week with a. I think it was a rib injury or ribs injury. Uh, apparently tests are, are back that negative. He actually went full uh, full practice today. So it looks like he'll play. Uh, I want to get your take, obviously, Carl, on if they, they, they obviously take a step back with him to, you know, avoid getting him so worn out before, you know, leaving it to the halfway point, uh, especially where he's dealing with now a knee injury and ribs injury. Um, and if Blau Powell gets any sort of um, Extra looks, Uh, obviously with Eric Decker, who may or may not play, does a new one, does he step up? Does he maybe put up wide receiver three value? And then on the other side, obviously with the Steelers, you got Antonio Brown, you got Le'Veon Bell, you're starting those guys. Any other guys you'd mention as well?
0: Well, okay, so a lot to unpack there. So let's not forget there's <laughs> there's, there's not only two great running backs in this. There's the, the best running back, at least fantasy-wise, over the first four weeks of VLA. between these two teams is D'Angelo Williams. So I, I don't think that he's only going to get two carries again. I think that that was kind of a fluke, and they wanted to get Le'Veon Bell back in the mix. Uh, I do still look at Le'Veon Bell as one of the top running backs in the league, but they just happen to have two great running backs at this point. I do think Bilal Powell is a pretty good play this week if, if they do limit uh, Matt Forte, and I do think that that's possible. And you asked about Quincy Inunua. That, that's one of my favorite plays. That was one of my biggest offseason targets in Dynasty in some of my deeper leagues because he's got the size, he's got the speed. The opportunity wasn't there, but we can see how quickly the opportunity comes to be. And um, just as far as the Pittsburgh offense goes this week, the, the, the Jets defense is not the Jets we've grown accustomed to, nope. um, and I think that that whole Pittsburgh offense could have a field day, uh, and, a, and, and the, the defense could too, because Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing his best impression of Matt Schaub at this point <laughs> throwing the football.
1: I think, though, uh, Fitzpatrick has always just been matchup in disguise, probably is a better way to to describe that. But Bilal Powell, you both mentioned him, and he's somebody, you mentioned Anunua, Bilal Powell was somebody I was trying to pick up as much as I could after how he finished the season last year, uh, and I was picking up a lot in dynasty leagues. I have him on pretty much all my redraft leagues, uh, so when Forte went down, I never want to see a player get injured, but I thought it was going to be a real help to me. But he's been he's been edged in over the last two weeks and getting a lot more game time than he did week one and week two. And I think, you know, 30 touches a week, you're not going to see Matt Forte be able to sustain that over a season. So definitely somebody who should be added to all leagues, in my opinion, particularly if you own Matt Forte, uh, keep him in there in mind. Um, Philadelphia coming off a of bye week, and they've uh, gone 3-0, and have been very quietly and confidently surprised in how Wentz has done over the last couple of weeks. You know, we all kind of slated, uh Philadelphia at the time and Minnesota for the trade of uh, Sam Bradford. It's working out quite well for both teams so far. I've been surprised at the development of Wentz, but he's worked quite well with the receivers that they have, particularly Jordan Matthews, who we mentioned at the start of the show. Then in the, the running back situation, coming off uh, the bye week as well, maybe Ryan Matthews is a little bit healthier. His health is always his main problem Wendell Smallwood's in there as well probably getting a nice little workload and an uptick from his first two or three weeks and then uh, when you're looking at the other side Detroit uh, losing last week to uh, Chicago I, I was very very disappointed in their output and I think a lot of people were uh, last week do you expect a bounce back car this week from Detroit and uh, do you expect to see more of the same of Philadelphia I've been uh, very very surprised at their 3-0 at this point and have looked uh, value for that as well
0: well, when when looking at Detroit, you got to look at who they played their first three weeks. They they went up against some abysmal defenses, and Matt Stafford yeah. obviously took advantage of that. Now, Chicago isn't all that great old defense <laughs> either. They have a bunch of no-names, yeah, and they were shut down. Mm. Now, now they're going up against Philly, who legit has a good defense. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm looking for a bounce back there. I mean, obviously, you're probably not benching Marvin Jones and... Uh, Jim Bob Cooter says that Golden Tate's going to have a huge week this week, but he yeah, kind it. of hinted at that last week, too, and it didn't really happen. Tate's as, far as the Philly my side, matches.
1: Yeah. He's not as
0: far as the Philly side goes, um, you know, Darius Lay's probably going to match up on Jordan Matthews sometimes. Now, Jordan Matthews, as Doug mentioned earlier, is having a big year. Yeah. Uh, I think he's in points per game. He's right up there with the top 12. Uh, but, you know, you don't know how much Darius Lay he's going to see. And as far as the other wide receivers, you can't really expect much either. Even Brent Selick's been hurt. So it, I, I think he's going to play this week. But after uh, after the, the injury that cost him a week and coming out of the bye, not even being sure coming to play, I don't know what to expect out of him either. So I, I'm not really targeting, like if I'm playing DFS, I'm not really targeting anybody in these games. But like I said, a, a couple of those guys, you're, you're not going to bench Jordan Matthews. You're not going to bench Marvin Jones. But as far as, like, if if I had a better option, yeah, I'm probably going to take it at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, just to to make a point real quick, one guy I would mention in this game, uh, Zach Ertz, he's coming back from his rib injury. The Lions have given up actually six touchdowns to tight ends in the first four games of the season. So he is a guy to look for, especially if Selick is out and they're down to Ertz and Trey Burton. Uh, I, from what I guess they've been saying, Ertz's injury wasn't so much pain related. It's more so he took one wrong hit and he's going to, you know, could suffer something more serious. So he could be thrown right back into the mix. So that's a guy I would mention. But um, going forward, we were talking about the Bears. Uh, so we'll go right into that with the Bears and the uh, the Colts. Obviously the big guy I think we have to look for in this game is Jordan Howard, he's done really well since, um maybe even before, but since uh, Jeremy Langford went down with that ankle injury, uh, and he's going up against a, uh, I would say, a weak, and maybe that's a compliment, a weak uh, Colts defense. So I'm curious to see what your take is on that. Um, you know, and you know Brian Hoyer, you know, can he keep it up? You know, he's thrown I think three touchdowns in the past two games to Zach Miller. Can he benefit Alshon Jeffrey as well? So that's the the Bears side, and obviously, you know, Frank Gore ty hilton philip dorsett the usual guys on on the colts team do you think anybody does well this week
0: sure so uh jordan howard you mentioned um he could continue to have a good week there's just not much competition there i mean kadeem Carey and jeremy langford they're just they're just guys really so jordan howard might be just a guy but he's Done well so far, so he he at least has the opportunity to sh- to show us he's more than more than uh, a Kadim Carey, Jeremy Landford type player. And um, Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's the biggest benefactor here. Um, Brian Hoyer's playing well. Defenses are going to have have to account for zach miller at this point kevin white's gone so those targets are gone alshon jeffrey's had a pretty good season outside of just only catching that one touchdown and, and that's we see that with a lot of wide receivers right yeah. we see that with odell beckham right now only not having a touchdown and we, we think he's having a horrible season but he's getting the tar- target share he's getting the yard yards he's just not he hasn't been in zone so we think that it's a much worse fantasy season or or a much worse season than it is i guess it is a bad fantasy season at this point and as far as indianapolis goes i'm still open guys i'm still waiting for that philip set breakout he had that like 64 yard <laughs> touchdown last week and i mean i you know i'm just getting so excited but that was the only that was the only deep target i mean give it to him deep Got it. come on, Luck, Show off your arm. Get it to Philip Dorset
1: deep. Make this guy happy. Carl, I think when that—did you watch that game live? Because that was the early game uh, in London last week. Uh, when you seen that touchdown, where you run around your shirt top or run around your sitting room topless, or how did you celebrate that?
0: <laughs> I was I was run, running through the neighborhood. I i cracked open a beer as soon as it happened i was got drunk and disorderly and, uh, and indecent exposure yeah and then i didn't get to watch the afternoon games because i spent the day in jail
1: yeah for those who don't know uh, carl uh, last year was massive under set coming out and uh, you know you're starting to get some value on him now obviously it was a, a bus play by the defense last week moving on then on to the other side uh mentioning Jeffrey, obviously uh, White went on IR this week with the fibula injury, he's going to be out for the next uh, 8 weeks, missed last season all of last season, was getting targets uh, the first couple of weeks but doing nothing with it and now obviously he's out for the foreseeable future if the Bears season continues to tank maybe he doesn't even make it back on the field this year Dynasty wise, Carl, uh, he wasn't somebody that I was targeting because I have a lot of Alshon Jeffrey shares but uh, <sighs> Dynasty wise, uh, Kevin White's value, could it uh, What do you do you think it could get lower at this point?
0: Oh, couldn't get much lower, right? I mean, look, I have a lot of Alshon Jeffrey shares too, but he's. Let's face it, he's probably gone in Chicago next year. So yeah. Kevin White could come back, but I think the overlying factor is Kevin White's going to co- come into his first possible, uh, you know, full season as a 25 year old. That's yeah. that's not that that's not what you want to see from a dynasty. There's not a lot of career arcs that start positively at 25 years old. So. I mean, I'm not even really looking to buy low at this point because, look, he, he, might, he might come back and he might be the guy next year. But there's just the history just tells us that this isn't a good way to start your career.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, and I agree. And it's mainly down to the fact I don't, uh, I have a lot of Alshon Jeffrey that I haven't really bought into Kevin White, but at this point, it's uh, it's tough. Uh, I don't see too many people rushing to acquire him with this uh, latest injury. Next up is Atlanta at Denver, and obviously last week, if you were watching, uh, a man called Julio Jones had three hundred yards receiving, and uh, then of course. Uh, Matt Ryan as well with the 500 yards passing but it's been a, a very explosive start to the season for Atlanta and uh, they head to Denver who have had a phenomenal start on defense uh, You know, with them and Minnesota, the two best defenses in the league and I still would put Denver slightly above them in that respect it is in Denver, it's going to be a tough out for Atlanta but you, obviously you have to start Julio, he's going to be one of your studs but do you see uh, him possibly having, let's keep it more realistic we'll put it at a hundred yards and a touchdown in this one, or do you think it's going to be uh, a very tough day for Julio owners?
0: Sure. I mean, he's Julio Jones. And I mean, (laughs) nothing I I say, nothing I say is going to make you bench him. So I I mean, does my opinion of what kind of day he has really matter? Well, no, because he's going to be in your lineup. Um, But I mean, look, they do have a couple of great corners over there on Denver and, um, but look, Carolina's a good defense too. They might not have the secondary they did last year with with Josh Norman not being there, but they they have a good defense and they could get to the quarterback. And Matt Ryan tore them up. So uh, look, I'm not benching Julio Jones. And as far as uh, as far as Denver goes, Atlanta has let up a lot of passing yards this year. They're yep. uh, despite having a couple of good young corners, they're letting up a lot of passing yards. So plug in your Demaryius Thomas, plug in your Emmanuel Sanders. And as I said before the season started, it doesn't get a lot worse than Brock Osweiler and to the 2016 version of the shell of Peyton Manning. So Trevor, Trevor Simeon's been playing pretty well, but he didn't really have to play well for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders to keep value because they, they, already, they already played with bad quarterbacks last year.
1: Yep. Yeah. And uh, DT as well. Uh, Demarius Thomas suffered a kind of reoccurrence of that hip injury last week, but he is expected to play this week. Uh, it looks like Simeon is going to start as well. Paxton Lynch did come in and uh, last week and looked pretty good when he came in. So He looked okay, yeah. No matter who starts this week at quarterback, as you mentioned, you're plugging in Thomas, you're plugging in uh, Sanders, and uh, you're plugging in CJ Anderson as well. Just, uh, you know, I think me and you, one of the things we were mostly in agreement at the start of this season was the fact that Osweiler and Manning, uh, even if it was Sanchez, it wasn't going to be a huge downgrade uh, I have pretty much owned Emmanuel Sanders in every league I have him and he was going in some of the dynasty drafts I had done this off season got him in 11th or 12th round I think with some crazy values going on so uh, you know Sanders is somebody who I'm starting in pretty much every league this week and uh, I'm expecting a nice outing from him um, Moving on to the next game up here, and it's Cincinnati at Dallas. Uh, obviously, Zeke Elliott's had a very nice start, and he's just getting better and better every week. Um, obviously, we all thought he was going to be good. I thought it would take him a while to, to settle into things, but he's he's coming along very, very nicely for anyone who took him early in drafts this season. Dez looks like he's probably not going to play this week. I wouldn't expect him to play. Um, just on the Cowboy side of things, obviously being a, a Washington fan, Cowboys uh how impressed have you been with uh, Zeke obviously and then uh, Dak Prescott I think it I think the hype's been a little overblown at the moment but uh do you think he is relevant of uh you know in a, a spot start this week as a as a streamer
0: um, yeah, sure. Depending on your situation, I'm not very high on him this week. Yeah, as far as either. Ezekiel Elliott goes, I mean, look, he's a very, very talented running back, and I think he's going to have a great career ahead of him. I need, I just need to say that before I say the next thing I'm going to say, <laughs> which <sweat>. is, <laughs> yes, which is that Cowboys offensive line is awesome. I mean, really one of the best we've seen yeah. in probably all three of our lifetimes. Um. So... What he's done thus far, I'm not too surprised. I don't think he's outplaying our expectations so far. I mean, from a from a production standpoint, yes, he's he's exceeding expectations. But from a actual on the field play, I think he's benefiting from a great situation. Even though they are stacking the box against him because they're they're not really trusting Dak Prescott. Uh, I think I think somebody I think somebody recently said that. Um, Ezekiel Elliott has faced more uh, eight-man boxes than than any running back uh, in the league thus far, but he still is running behind a great line, and I think that's what's doing what's making forcing him to succeed. But if he does improve his game the sky is obviously the limit. So um, I'm not overly impressed with him thus far, but I do think that the opportunity is there for him to keep getting better.
1: Yeah, I agree there as well. On to you, Doug. I want to get your opinion on Cincinnati. Uh, Tyler Eifert had a little bit of a setback this week. Uh, He injured his back this time, so it's not related to the ankle. Expected to be back now for week six rather than week five. So anyone that had him set into their lineup earlier in the week, uh, be sure to adjust that there before... Sunday comes along, but he's somebody who in Dynasty I acquired this offseason in a couple of leagues, and he's obviously been on the shelf ever since um, with that injury that occurred actually at the Pro Bowl. But with A.J. Green, this could be his last week of those really dominant targets. Uh, Are you expecting that kind of major workload? I think it's pretty obvious it's going to happen, and then dissect that uh, Jeremy Hill, Joe Bernard, who's going to be the top uh, running back this week that you want to own for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Yeah, that's like doing brain surgery. You can't really figure <laughs>
1: out. And we all know out you're one. not a doctor.
2: <laughs> no, no, we've made it very clear. I am not a doctor. Um, so it's really hard because, you know, we've seen Jeremy Hill go off like we did against um, Atlanta, I believe, yeah. where he went for almost 100 yards and two touchdowns. And then, you know, it, it just, you know, he, he's had his good weeks. He has bad weeks. You know, in terms of, uh, of usage, uh, you know, Jeremy Hill through the first four games, has uh, 61 touches, uh, 58 of them being rushing. And through, you know, the first, uh, you know, four games through. for Bernard, he has uh, 44. So, and, and uh, half of them, if uh, actually a little less than half, are in the receiving game. So, it looks like for the most part, Uh, you know, Jeremy Hill is the more efficient runner, which isn't saying much because he's still averaging below four yards a carry. Uh, But Gio Bernard has 68 yards on 25 carries, which isn't even good for three yards a carry. So he has struggled a little bit, which is surprising to me considering, you know, he he looked really good last season when Hill was struggling and, um, you know, they they lost a couple of players, including Eifert who's been up to this point. So it's surprising. Um, But, you know, I I would say for this week, you know, going up against Dallas, who actually haven't been that bad against running backs. They've actually given up the eighth fewest, I believe. Um, It's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be a really big offensive game. I don't think Cincinnati's defense, uh, you know, has been doing as well as we had hoped. So, you know, it leads to the Bengals needing more uh, to score more points. So I think this could be an offensive game um, for both sides. Uh, You know, I would say that Hill probably gets, you know, I would say maybe 15 carries. He's actually seen his carries go up every week from nine, 11, 17 to now 21 last week so i, I think he's going to get a majority of the carries and, and we'll see some bernard in, in the passing game but no more than maybe five to eight carries so i would say that hill is probably going to get more of the work in bernard this week
1: and uh, i'm going to let you go through this one doug the the new england patriots heading to the cleveland browns tom brady's first game back do you expect them to uh, be shut out this week uh, no
2: no <laughs> I, I don't uh i don't think um they will be shut out um they're probably as healthy as they're going to be for the most part. Uh, I know that Julian Edelman popped up on the uh, the injured uh, injury report today uh, with, with his foot uh, was limited. Uh, not a lot of information is given out right now, but of course that's the Patriots, so they're not going to give too much out. Gronk is still limited by the hamstring injury. I'm not so sure that I'm ready to say that he's not, you know, that something's really wrong. I think it's just a, a troublesome injury that, Uh, You know, knowing him, he'll play through as a lot of Patriot players do play through major injuries or not major, but pretty, you know, decent injuries. So I I think this could be a good week for him. Uh, Edelman, I still think he'll play. Blunt uh, is going to play. He's been limited the past two days with a hip injury, which could be the same when he hurt. Um, But no, I I think this team is going to score against this Browns defense, even though they did pretty well, I would say for the most part against. Um, you know, the Redskins, I'm probably going to say they score at least three touchdowns, maybe three, uh, two to three field goals, just because of how the Patriots are. So uh, I'll say that. And then the Browns, obviously, the big thing here will be Terrell Pryor, how he does against the number one cornerback or the number, the top two cornerbacks in Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, and then also the running game who. Have been extremely efficient this season. Yeah. So, and, and, and New England's run game has been a little off this uh, so far. Run defense, I should say. So, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I don't think this will be a shutout for the Patriots
1: yeah and just uh, talking about the running game going 0 RB this offseason a lot of leagues uh, I've ended up with Isaiah Crowell in quite a few leagues and you mentioned as well a minute ago but uh, Ezekiel had run against stack boxes I think the the highest average against those is um, Isaiah Crowell which surprised me he's been very very productive from his draft spot so far this season I think I'd be starting him this week against the Patriots. Uh, Terrell Pryor has been an interesting player over the last few weeks. See somebody that you're starting to buy into, and would you uh, be starting him this week uh, with with the the bye weeks and so on, Karen?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, he's a guy that I spent on early in this off season in Dynasty just because he was so dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, but I didn't expect this. No, I mean, I this either. is kind of ridiculous. Okay. I mean, he's got the he's got the physical profile, so that's that's great, and he's he's earning the trust of the quarterback and earning the trust of the team and he's even getting snaps at quarterback and running the wildcat so <laughs> yeah i i think that i think that he's going to score so yeah fire him up if if you need a bye week filler
1: yeah i well i didn't pay anything for him this offseason but i did uh Pick him up on a few waiver wires uh, towards the end of last season, early this offseason, and he's really, really surprised me. Other news on the Browns this week was Josh Garden has uh, checked himself into a rehab facility, so he's uh, still on that suspended list. We did expect him to possibly come back uh, after or, or for this game, but unfortunately, it looks like his time with the Browns is going to be done. And, you know, if I was uh, say that, it's unlikely, in my opinion, that he, he plays in the NFL again. You know, a lot of people, cared paid a lot for him when they thought it was going to be a four game suspension this season um, do you see Josh Garden playing in the league again do you think he ever turns this around and then somebody similar with Martavis Bryant being uh, on that one year suspension at the moment uh, and obviously at the time when he was suspended I didn't have any shares but some people were buying him up a little bit cheaper uh, is, is that something that concerns you do you do you kind of buy those kind of high risk players or uh, are they what you stay away from I tend to, to stay away from them
0: yeah, I don't. I don't think Josh Gordon's going to play in the league again. If he does, it'll probably be a few years from now if he can stay in shape. But uh, hopefully, he just gets his life in line at this point. Sorry, as far as Martavis Bryant, I mean, yeah, we're dealing with the same type situation. Probably, um, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that I expect him to never play again. I, I do expect him to come back, but it is just the same type of situation with um, obviously marijuana and probably alcohol problems. Um, you know, probably all of us have had friends or family that have that have uh, had those problems. So you can you don't need to be an expert to see that some people get through it and some people don't. Yeah. Um, and when when talking about Martavis Bryant specifically, um just just weigh the cost first the reward. I mean the reward's probably pretty high because he was a really good player the past couple years and the risk is you're going to get zero points so if you know that and you're willing to take that risk then that's fine and if that that's the type of situation you want to steer away from then that's fine too um you know we're not talking about an injury but it is similar you know we you mentioned jimmy graham in the in the pre-show email it's it's a similar type of value because you didn't really know if jimmy graham was ever going to come back we we didn't know victor cruz was ever going to come back exactly um but it is a high it is a high reward if you do want to pay that cheap value for him so um i think everybody kind of understands risk and reward and uh, i don't think that as a fantasy analyst i can really tell people whether it's worth buying those players because it really is a a, a life choice not really a is this person good at football because we know that's the
1: case yeah it's actually it's not something you can really uh, we can't analyze anyway you mentioned the Jimmy Graham thing obviously I've been shocked at how he's played over the last two weeks. We all thought Victor Cruz was going to struggle after he struggled last season to get on the field, and he's looked very, very good. But Graham's looked uh, very, very good, better than he did pre-injury, actually, uh, for the Seahawks. So they have a bye week now. We'll see can Wilson uh, heal up a little bit. And just when we're on the, the topic of the Seahawks, I know we bashed him a couple of times together on the show, Carl. Uh, it's Christine Michael. Uh, have you been surprised that his ghost has uh, risen to this level?
0: Oh, obviously, right? I mean, you've got to be surprised. <laughs> <it>. He is... <laughs> He is uh just outside of the running back one range so uh, and he he, that that's another guy i mean i i I don't know if he had drug problems i I don't i don't want to say that my point is that he had attitude problems he had problems learning the playbook mature i don't know if his mind was completely in it so that's another guy that fits into that mold perfectly like if you want to buy that risk Like, all right, so obviously Kristen Michael was cheap, but you can't fill your roster with Josh Gordon, Kristen Michael, um, you know, Jimmy Graham, and Martavis Bryant because you can't risk having zeros from all those players. But you can take a chance on one or two of those guys. So having Kristen Michael on your roster for basically free this offseason wasn't a bad idea because we knew that he fit the physical profile and we know that he was pretty good in college. He wasn't great, but he was okay. And we knew that he had the ability to become a good NFL running back. But in previous years when the coaches kept telling us he's not getting the playbook, he's not understanding, and then he got released. And everybody thought, oh, my God, he got released. That's great. He's out of Seattle. How is getting released from your team a good thing? (laughs) That is insane. I mean, people said the same thing about Doyle Green Beckham this season. Oh, he got released from Tennessee. Great for him. No, a team gave up on you and your value spikes? No, that's not how it happens. But that doesn't mean you completely give up on these guys. Once Kristen Michael's uh, asking price hit hit very low, then then that's great because we knew he could play football if everything came together. And now that perfect scenario is happening, and the planets are aligning, and now he can play football, and that's great. I mean, look, we we did, we had we had fun at his expense, <laughs> and I would do it all over again if I could. Yep. Um, but I'm happy for him because I, I don't <laughs> have anything against the guy personally, so. Yep. You know good for him for 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 putting it all together and getting his football career back back on track
2: Thing is he was always a guy that uh you know we never knew we always hypothesized what he could do you know in 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 that offense or or just with a chance and then we just never really saw it and, and we finally got a chance with him actually getting you know the proper you know touches and all that and, and he's really come away with the the game or with the, the role. So, uh, it's good for him. Good for him. You know, again, like Carl, I have nothing against the guy, but you know, he was the, the, the poster child for, you know, googly isling, you know, some, some fancy player that we had never seen yeah. play before. So, um, but I, I guess I want to just uh, run through, I think we have a couple more games left. So uh, I'll touch on, um, a game that I, I have a bold prediction about, uh, and that would be, um, uh, the Bills and the Rams, and my bold prediction. I want to let Carl obviously speak about this. I said, and this is actually going to be coming out for Inside the Pile on this week. Todd Gurley for me is the top running back this week in fantasy football. Um, so I, I, I will say that. Uh, you know, when you look at it, uh, you know he has gotten the volume. Uh, he has, you know, had some issues with you know actually getting yardage. But if there's a guy who who has a harder time on an offense and a surrounding cast, I can't argue that, I don't know if anybody can, That Gurley has probably the hardest time between the offensive line and the lack of quarterback and offensive weapons that there are in, say, uh, I was going to say St. Louis, and Los Angeles. Um, so, you know, for me, uh, I, I think Gurley uh, going up against the Bills defense has given up five rushing touchdowns in three games this season. I, I think that uh, he's a guy that I'll look at this week as a top running back, but want to get, obviously, your guy's opinion on that game as well. That, that sounds good to me I, I I wouldn't say he's the top back I
0: mean that's that's a bit of a bold uh statement but I, that's I, what I do, I, do. <laughs> I, I, I like him to get back on track for sure and if it's not if it's not this week then yes eventually I think I think he's one of the best running backs in the game I think that's hard to argue and you mentioned the the reasons why it doesn't look like that yet but I do think that his talent will begin to show eventually yes.
1: Yeah I can kind of agree with both of you and I think actually in this game LeSean McCoy could end up with the, uh, the most yards because so far this season the Rams have given up the most uh, top 24 weeks to running back two of those inside the top 10 and we all think of the, the Rams with that front 7 but it just hasn't been stopping the run this year so far so I think uh, LeSean McCoy could have a big big week here as well obviously with the issues in, in the passing game it's going to be uh, I think they're going to have to rely heavily on him start Tyrod Taylor as well uh, I would imagine in this one uh, running through these last few games I'm going to do it very quickly I'm going to go to the Packers uh, at home against the New York Giants pretty much in this game I think Kyle start everybody if you're looking at Randall Cobb Jordy Nelson Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, then on the other side you're looking at Odell Beckham Sterling Shepard Victor Cruz uh, and Eli Manning. Uh, I think I would be passing on the running back situation this week for the Giants. Is there anyone outside of that list that you would in particular be starting uh, in Week Five?
0: Who? Uh, yeah, you nailed all. I mean, start up everybody. I mean, the Packers' defense is decimated by injuries. Yeah. The um the the New York Giants' defense isn't what we'd hoped with all that uh, money that was we'll yeah. spent on it. I, I can't disagree. I mean, even Will Ty, I think he could even have a big week this week.
1: Yeah, I've had him in a few spot starts this week where I uh, uh, have an issue at tight end with the bye. So um, I think he's somebody to fire up if you're really, really uh, necessary this week. I think this could be a, quite a high-scoring game. I think the Packers are going to put up points, and I think the Giants are going to get those points as well. I think this is the week where we see Eli or um, Odell Beckham get into the end zone this week with Sam Shields out again for the Packers. Uh, next up is San Diego and Oakland. I think you're probably in the same situation here. Uh, I'm hoping for a big day from Philip Rivers in this one. i own him in quite a few leagues. Uh, and then, of course, on the other side, you're looking at the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I've been very, very pleasantly surprised by how Crabtree has started the season. One of my worst dynasty yeah. trades of all time was last offseason, and I traded Michael Crabtree straight up for uh, Stevie Johnson okay. when he went to San Diego. So that's worked out absolutely terrible for me on that. Uh, it goes down in the history, I think, as my worst one. But uh, Oakland... Uh, you're starting both wide receivers and Crabtree and uh, Amari Cooper. I think you have to start Latavius Murray probably just because he's getting the workload. But I own him nowhere, and I'm not a fan. Derek Carr has been uh, pretty much on fire the last couple of weeks. And how do you uh, how do you see the the San Diego situation at wide receiver? Is there any of them that you're confident in starting this week? Well, I think
0: first of all, I think you got to try to not start Latavius Murray this week. Yeah. Um, not only is he dealing with an injury and not a sure thing to play, it sounds like they want to get the other two guys involved as well. Uh, as far as San Diego goes, I, you know what? I think this is the, I think this is the week that the Oakland defense comes together. They have a lot of great great players on defense. Just trying to, but put them together. they've been let they've been letting up holes. They just haven't really put it together. I think this is the week they put it together. And shut it down I think you have to start uh, Travis Benjamin and you have to start Melvin Gordon but outside of that uh, I, I'm not starting Tyrell Williams I, I, I just I, I think that this is a, a game that you you fade from starting the defense of, uh, of starting the San Diego players
1: yeah and uh, it's, uh, it's a good point there obviously on uh, Maury I hadn't seen about the injury this week and I, I, I know they have been trying to work in the other guys Washington behind him uh, as well so we'll see how that one goes um, Paul, Paul it, It's infor- unforgivable
0: that you didn't see the Mur- the Murray news this week. Well, I mean, what were you doing? Were you like on your honeymoon or yeah, something?
1: What like exactly? It couldn't have been anything that important, and, right? And this here's the other thing. I actually in no league, no matter if it's redraft or any league that I'm in, I do not have uh, Latavius Murray in any league, and that shows you exactly what I I thought about him come draft time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's truly unforgivable this week. Uh, next and last game up is uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, at home to Tampa Bay, the Panthers haven't looked quite like themselves this season at all thus far. Cam Newton dealing with that concussion, but he is uh, expected to line up. They have uh, said that they'll allow uh, notice kind of around Saturday of uh, whether he'll play or not. Um, if he's not, Derek Anderson will, will fit in there. So uh, Tampa Bay as well haven't looked good. Just do it nice and quickly, Carl. Who are you starting this week and who are you sitting? Uh, you mentioned you were wrong. Kelvin Benjamin, is he getting into the lineup?
0: Uh, yeah, he probably has to I mean obviously, I think that there are better options um and really that that whole situation's going to be um uh, you know something to watch because it is Monday night it is in Charlotte, but that's when the hurricane's gonna hit
2: oh, yeah, that could right.
0: be if if they are in a storm. That could be a very low-scoring game, just something to keep in mind. And it's the Monday night game regardless, so you're not going to have the opportunity to switch people out. So if you're leaning Kelvin Benjamin or like a... Uh, I don't know, like a Sterling Shepard type. Yep. I might lean toward the Sterling Shepard type just with the uncertainty around the situation.
1: Yeah, very good call there as well. Always uh, good information given out, and that's why it's always fun having Carrot on this show. We've run through all the games there. Um, you know, Towards the end, I will admit that uh, with all the travel and stuff over the last couple of days, my brain was getting uh, a little frizzled. Uh, the jet lag was starting to kick in, and some of the words just were not uh, coming out of my mouth in the way <laughs> I had wanted them to do so. But uh, Carl uh, is obviously part of the team over at Dynasty One Fantasy. You can find all their work on DynastyOneFantasy.com. And, of course, the great podcast as well, Dynasty One Podcast, is one that, particularly if you're involved in Dynasty Leagues, and they've been getting more and more popular uh, each and every year, uh, even the last three or four years, the, the growth of them has been been phenomenal and if you're not involved in one definitely heading into next season make sure you get involved in them because I just think they're uh, a hell of a lot more fun uh, than redraft, uh, you know, redraft kind of becomes boring when you're involved uh, in Dynasty and I think that's the honest truth, and if you're particularly interested in finding out more about Dynasty football and you haven't uh, found out about it for some reason, if you're under a rock, me and Carl uh, back around, I don't know, I think it was probably around uh, May time on a, a Dynasty 101 podcast, so go back and check that one out as well Carl's on Twitter, at Carl Safcheck, that is S-A-F-C Ick, definitely worth a follow, uh, particularly if you like uh, Demarco Murray. Definitely, <laughs> I see you're, you're retweeting some uh, old Demarco Murray tweets from uh, last season uh, yesterday. I did see that. Uh, fun times when you can always go back and. Uh, but I think uh, you might be getting some of those. Um, One's back about Christine Michael as well. But uh, Doug is on Twitter as well, at DmoreNFL. And uh, I want to thank the guys, obviously, for jumping aboard the show. Hopefully you've had a good time listening to it. And uh, those promos I uh, mentioned at the start of the show, make sure, go and use them this week uh, and help support the podcast. So until we're back next week, and I promise next week we will have a show. Last week was a once-off that we uh, missed the old podcast. Uh, Until I'm back with the next one with Doug, have a good one.